Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. The place for pets and the people who love them. Here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Here are your hosts, practicing veterinarians, Dr. Roger Welton and Dr. Karen Lewis. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views. I am Dr. Karen Lewis practicing veterinarian in the St. Louis area, and with me is my friend and co-host, Dr. Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian in wonderful Florida. And we have a sponsor today first. We're going to I'll let Roger kind of start with, and then we'll kind of time go to our episode. Yeah, it's, very, it's a very interesting sponsor indeed. It, it's not animal-related, but it, it certainly has a relation to general health, in this case specifically pregnancy. My wife has been through that a couple of times. I personally have not, but I witnessed it. Um, his name is Dr. Elliot Berlin. He runs a podcast called Dr. Berlin's Informed Pregnancy Podcast. And uh, he actually has all kinds of information and also displays a bunch of misinformation, as Dr. Karen, you and I very commonly do. We kind of sift through the Internet you know, stuff that is cool. sense, stuff that's nonsense, <laughs> yeah. stuff that's yeah. trendy, some some stuff that's real, and kind of make sense of it for people. Uh, what 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 I found really interesting was when I actually visited the. My intention was to visit the podcast at first when we were both talking about this, and it's this great big website uh, called InformedPregnancy.com. So there's all kinds of articles. There is obviously many many. Uh, podcast. There's a lot of celebrity interviews, which I find very interesting. Amanda Seyfried is the one that pops up here that I'm looking at right now. Uh, talks about her experience in, in pregnancy, and uh, so I, I find it pretty interesting. Any comments from you, Dr. Kerr? Yeah, well, because I was just saying one thing we have in common is we both seem to do this, the same thing of let's wade through all the BS and find actual facts and put facts on our blogs. It seems like that's what Dr. Berlin is doing with his blog about pregnancy trends and facts too. So um, even though it's human and not animal, there is a, I thought we all kind of acted you know, something in common there. So anyway, um, he's a sponsor. Thanks for sponsoring us. And uh, if you are pregnant or considering becoming pregnant, <laughs> um, it might be a good thing to check out. Um, obviously, only 50% of our population might be interested in this. Um, the other 50% is going to be like, nope. You know Fully <laughs> so. engaged dads like me would, would gobble this right up. So let's let's not judge the dads, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, thank you for your sponsorship, Dr. Berlin, and uh, best of luck to you with your podcast. Um, so tonight, Dr. Karen, we are talking about a really very relevant topic being the hottest month of the year. Uh, why don't you enlighten our listeners? Oh, yeah. So we decided we're going to talk about heat stroke, heat exhaustion, overheating, whatever you want to call it, um, because with it being the hottest month, no matter where you live in the northern hemisphere, <laughs> it probably is. And um, True. Yeah. Well, what I mean, it, it, hot is relative, but you know, it's yeah. so basically like how to avoid it, how to treat it. We're just going to kind of run through everything and give you a, a lowdown and some myths that uh, go on with heat stroke and treating it and things not to do as well. So um, I think we should first should talk about what is heat exhaustion versus heat stroke, because those are two different things. Sure. Well, you brought it up. Okay. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm looking at you going, eh. Um, so, uh, so, um, heat exhaustion, and if I was smart, I would have brushed up on my exact definitions here, but um, 
heat exhaustion is being overheated, but not necessarily a medical emergency like heat stroke. The cutoff for heat stroke is usually a, a core body temperature of over 104 in a dog or a cat. I don't know what it is for people. Um, dogs and cats run warmer than we do. So normal for a dog or cat is 101, 102. Even a dog jumping around a vet clinic will be 103. We don't sweat it usually, you know. Um, but if you're concerned if your dog or cat, usually dogs are the ones running around outside, you know, overexerting themselves. Um, if you're concerned if your pet is having heat stroke or not, a great thing to have, and I recommend every every pet owner have on hand a pet-specific thermometer that you can check and find out. Because if you're worried and your dog's temperature is 102, no worries, you're done, you know. So um, that, I think, is a good way to start is have that pet-specific thermometer and know where it is so you can use it at any time. So um, what do you have to add to that, Dr. Roger? Do you, I actually have thermometers, two of them, one at each end of the house for if I'm in a little pickle, but I'm kind of anal retentive. So I have thermometers in every room of the house, um, and, you know, between my pets and my children, I feel like, and myself, constantly taking temperatures. <laughs> um, try not to use the pet ones, obviously. Um, but, you know, so... I, I recently wrote an article on this for Space Coast Living. It's such a problem here in Florida. Uh, you know, the temperature today was 99 degrees and about 190% humidity. I don't think that's the exact number, but it felt like <laughs> I was walking through pea soup. And one of, the, one of my inspirations for writing the article was that I was actually watching a teenager down the road who's a very nice kid. I, I don't want to beat up on the teenager, but... He, he walks his dogs all the time, and he's a good boy. I've known him since he's probably like 10 years old, and uh, it was 2, 2 p.m., and I just happened to be outside for like a nanosecond putting my own dog out and uh, about to get us both back inside after that nanosecond of him squeezing out his quick pee. Uh, it is ungodly hot, and I saw that in the short walk from his house to my house, which is six houses, the Welsh Corgi and the Siberian Husky, both with their full coats, were already showing heat stress, or as you call it, heat exhaustion. I believe they're synonymous terms. Yeah, they are. Um, and and from I did not stop to take their temperatures, of course, but what I saw was heavy, exaggerated panting. Um, what I saw was the lifting of the head and a lot of drooling. And obviously, one is a Spitz breed. Spitz breeds are Arctic breeds. They're bred for temperatures much cooler than Florida. And the other one's a Welsh Corgi. Never been to Wales, but I believe it's much cooler there as well. Yes. Um, so I saw these dogs just suffering already. I didn't know how far he was planning on going. And I just said, hey, look, bud, your, uh, your dogs are really suffering here. I would not walk them right now. Let's wait till it gets a bit darker and walk them later. And just the way they look right now, they're not too far from potentially progressing from heat stress to heat stroke. Uh, so that being said, uh, what, let's talk about signs of heat stroke versus heat exhaustion. So heat yeah, exhaustion, it, I talked about a couple. This exaggerated, crazy panting where they, they can't seem to get their breath and their tongues hanging sideways and they're drooling and they're very wide-eyed. Um, and it's it, it, wide-eyed. It's like a crazed pant is crazy. what I tell people. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Like the hyenas kind of, they look like the hyenas from the Lion King kind of. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like this, hey, like, oh, my God, I can't pant hard enough. If I could, I would. You know, that's kind of how it looks. Yeah. Um, but um, heat stroke, 
uh, actually one of my own dogs suffered from heat stroke when I was gone. My husband let the dog out and forgot to let him in. My husband lived to tell, shockingly, but he was sweating it because if anything happened to that dog, oh, it was that could be pretty for him. (laughs) So, um, and the dog was also like 16 years old, a little dachshund. So I was irate. But anyway, um, he was doing, um, he, I'm sure at one point was doing the, the, the craze panting, but he was so weak. Um, I just saw him like staggering around, not knowing where he was, where he was old and had dementia, so he kind of staggered around anyway. <laughs> so that wasn't really new. Yeah. But um, I brought him in and he just collapsed. Um, he just laid on his side and just panted, 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 panted. And I grabbed my, actually, I started the cooling process first, which we'll go over in a minute, um, just to get that going. Started, I got him on an IV. I, his mom's a vet. I had him on IV fluids. I had everything going. <laughs> and then I got his temperature. And after all of that, his temperature had dropped to 105.7. Oh, so boy. I don't know what it was when he was out there. I don't want to know, probably. But he pulled through okay. I was freaking out. Um, but, yeah, so it's uh, – in extreme cases, it can be the, the collapse and the mentally kind of off and the I'm trying to walk and I'm not walking very well. That's like, oh, my God, start cooling immediately and then – Go to the vet. And I think it's important to say, start cooling immediately. Don't just go drive to the vet because there's a lot of things that you as a pet owner can do at home that will make or break if your dog lives before you go to the vet. Certainly. Yeah, the disorientation is big and, and that, that, that weakness. And have you seen seizure? Um, one, but I think the overheating was from the seizures. We couldn't tell okay. which happened first. The guy came home and the dog was seizuring and temperature was 107. We were like, which came first, chicken or the egg? You know, so. Yeah, so people talk about seizures a lot. The seizures are not, I guess, incredibly common. It's more the disorientation and that I'm about to go unconscious kind of look. Drunken. I've seen a couple seizure cases. Um, Again, one was a boxer, and they like to seizure anyway. Um, But, you know, so let's talk about quickly, before we get into cooling and, and how to do it and why it works um let's talk about what's unique about dogs that makes them prone to overheating other than just the the fact that they wear a thick fur coat um so let's take out of the equation that if i went out in the florida heat at 2 p.m in a fur coat i'd probably pass out but i'm probably going to pass out less readily or less quickly than a dog and what's the reason for that dr karen oh well because uh we have different cooling systems for starters so um if we're wearing a fur coat our cooling system is to sweat and um, we wouldn't be able to sweat through that coat. And so therefore we would become hotter quicker dogs are, I call it a design flaw. Personally, um, they really can't sweat. Some dogs can sweat on their paw pads, but they really can't. All they have to cool themselves is panting. That's kind of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, thing. it's, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, and it's lame. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it's just, it's not, very effective and um now if you have a dog like take a pug or a pekinese or a real smushy and face dog those dogs are hosed because they're panting and all of the panting apparatus the tongue the throat that in a normal dog would be nice to open is all smushed together and so it's even harder for those dogs to cool off than say a german shepherd or something with a longer nose and a longer mouth and more a wide open mouth that can just pant and exchange more air readily than the little smushy face dogs that's a very very good point um and i guess that would include a boxer too right oh yeah, yeah. they're kind of squishy yeah. yeah um so so yeah so the, the type of gland on in the skin that enables sweat is called an apoc- apocrine gland 
apocrine clan. Thank you. Sorry. You can't speak tonight. Um, and yeah, they, they virtually have virtually none. I remember from my histology lessons back in vet school, you just really didn't see them. But I guess there's a very limited amount in the pause, as you brought up. And sometimes you you see little sweaty paw prints on the on the exam table. Interestingly, cats sweat better from their feet better than dogs do from my observation. Oh, yeah. I see many more sweaty cat paw prints than yeah. dog paw prints. Interesting. And yet they don't overheat. Maybe that's maybe there's a well, good cats reason are, for that. Well, I think they're more from hot areas. Cats are more of a desert type species. True. True. And dogs are so varied in the way that we've bred all these crazy breeds. Like chihuahuas are okay in heat versus huskies right. who are horrible. You know, we have so much breed variation in dogs as opposed to cats. There isn't that much breed variation. Sure. So now that we're understanding the anatomy and the fact that they can't sweat, interestingly, horses, were, which are, at least if you're a proponent of evolution, or someone who believes in evolution, are the lesser evolved creature, yet they can sweat really well. You know, they, Oh, yeah. They sweat like crazy. Uh, my wife has to hose down her horse every time she uses them because he sweats so much. Um, so they, they're designed better in that regard. Of course, their GI is a complete mess. That's a whole other story. Um, so... So it, the, the, the anatomy of this really does play some role in cooling them. Would you like to expand on that a little bit? Um, yeah, so the way the, the, the cooling system works is basically the tongue is wet. And so, um, as you probably know, anything that is wet becomes cold. Just kind of like when you're, if you, you know, wet yourself in water, all of a sudden you become cold because any air that goes by just kind of takes the heat right out of it. And that's what their tongue does, basically. Their tongue is wet and it's flapping around. And so that is basically taking the heat from their body. It, and your tongue is a large muscle. It has a lot of blood flow to it, as anyone who's ever bit their tongue real good can attest to, or had their dog cut their tongue can attest to. There's a lot of blood there. So um, there's a lot of exchange of heat. So it actually, it's not a bad system. It's just not enough for these dogs. Um, but Basically, it was by being wet flapping around, all the, the heat is basically dissipating from that as it goes. Now, if the dog becomes dehydrated, the tongue becomes less wet, there's a problem, too. Right. You know, it needs the wetness to kind of dissipate the heat. Right. So, so I, I, you know, interestingly, I, I had a, a client recently bring up to me that wetting a dog actually makes them hotter. Have you ever heard this before? No, because it's crap. <laughs> No, I get, I get that. But there is actually, water, I guess, it's not the first time I've heard it, the hot water, <laughs> the hot tub perhaps, um, <laughs> that, that actually wetting them, uh, it packs in their hair their hair so tightly that it actually has a net heating effect on them. I, I, it's not the first time I've heard it. That's why I was wondering if you've ever heard it before. Yeah. Yeah. You Floridians are so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, that's going to be the, one of the first things that I'm going to recommend is hose your dog down. Hose your dog down and get them in the air conditioning. Um, also, I don't know what kind of success you've had with this, but soaking the paw pads in alcohol because alcohol has a, what is it, higher boiling point or lower boiling point? It draws well, heat out faster. <laughs> and actually, you know what? Um, nowadays, the um, emergency and critical care specialists are not recommending alcohol because when we were in vet school, we were doing alcohol in the paw pads because like, if you put alcohol in your hand, your hand feels cold. Right. You know, it immediately right. evaporates and sucks it off. So now they're saying that there really are not any studies showing that it is beneficial. It does not hurt. So if you want to do it, you can. Yeah. Um, but they're saying that actually just water on the dog 
um, and alcohol has not been shown to make a statistically significant difference. I thought that was very interesting. Do people still do it? Sure. Does it hurt? No. Yeah, I don't think there's any harm in it as long as you're doing other right. things as well. I still do it. Um, you know, I, again, because there's no downside. And you know what I learned about emergency and critical care? Because I was one of those guys at one point early in my career. They change their minds an awful lot. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's always, so stay tuned. And yeah. three years from now, we'll be easy. Yeah. So that's why. But then, like, it doesn't hurt if you want to do it. And you got a spare person with an alcohol bottle, give it a spritz, you know. Yeah. Um, but don't, like, back burner other things to get alcohol on their palm pads. But um, a mistake people make, there's a couple of them. I've had a couple of my clients do this, is they mm-hmm. want to submerge the dog and mm-hmm. put the dog in the pool, yeah. which wow. is great. The dog gets very we're being Very authentic wet. here. There's a barking dog in your studio. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. It's um, authentic. <laughs> so it gets the dog wet. But the thing is, to really effectively cool the dog, we don't need to stay in the pool. We need to get out of the pool now that we're soaking wet. Thank you, which is perfect. And actually, again, have that convection and that air flow over. Um, a box fan or three is the best thing you can do to help cool off your dog at this point. Because you want to soak them. And again, try it. Step out of the shower, step in front of a fan. You're freezing immediately. <laughs> you know, um, same concept. So, um, in Florida pools, by it, the way, are not very cool. Well, exactly to say. They're really not very yeah. cool. You're better off using a hose. Uh, let, let, let some of that superheated hose water you know yep, i was gonna say because some people have actually burned their dogs because oh, if that hose water is sitting in the sun baking mm-hmm. you turn it on and it's on the dog not helpful no. so uh, so <laughs> run it out until it feels cool and then but if you have a pool and you wanted to stick them in and get them out just to like get them soaked fast that's fine you know it's water but don't like put them in the tub and leave them there and like that um what's the biggest mistake you see people make dr roger um, I'm thinking of one. I don't know if it's the same one that you see with your people. Uh, shove ice in their mouth? <laughs> yeah, ice of any kind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or coated in, like, pouring the, like, you know, kind of like with the Super Bowl winning when they pour the Gatorade over the coach. Right. You know, like, covering them with ice packs. Yeah. And I'll let you explain, because I've done a lot of talking, uh, why ice we don't want covering the dog. Well, my understanding was, and, and you know, I, I believe it or not, it's, even being in Florida, I don't see a ton of heat stress cases. I saw more in New York when I was an emergency critical, critical care vet. But our, Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Yeah, it gets hotter than sin in New York, by the way, um, in the summer. Oh, I live there, yes. Yeah, it gets really hot, <laughs> especially near the city. It's just, oh. But but my 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 concern, and I, I I did see one case of this. The dog actually, well, number one, there was um, you can get caustic burns to the skin. But number two, I had a dog actually go into shock from that. The dog actually went into shock. Now was the shock from that was the so that was the opinion of my supervising emergency critical care supervisor who was actually a board certified that they submerged the dog in a tub of ice with water, like so ice water. And he believed that it sent this dog into a state of shock, whereas otherwise, had they just done water, there would have been no shock. No one knows how it would have turned out, but that was one of the things that I was duly warned by that supervisor was that, listen, if anybody ever calls – and, you know, one of the things that people will commonly do is do the whole ice bucket thing. It's something that um, could actually lead to shock, and we saw the consequence of it today now. How commonly that happens, I really don't know. Um, I, I honestly, in my, let's say, I moved here in 04. So what's that, 13 years? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Thank you. We can still do math. Yes. I've actually <laughs> only seen three cases of heat stress. Apparently, it happens a lot more often than that, but usually they're going to the emergency clinic. So anyway, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, so, uh, well, the reason ice is not helpful is because when we're cooling off, so remember how I mentioned how the tongue is full of blood vessels and when you're panting and things are working like they're supposed to, you know, everything's coming out of the, the heat of the tongue. When you put ice on a body, that causes blood vessels to constrict. Like when you sprain your ankle and ice it, it makes it get smaller. Okay, same thing. So we do not want the blood vessels in the skin to constrict. We want them to be dilated and open as free as possible because the wider open they are, the more heat that dissipates from the dog's surface area. Okay. So while ice seems like it would be helpful, you're actually kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you're actually slowing down the overall cooling process. Um, you might make the skin cold, but we don't care about the dog's skin. We care about its intestines, heart, brain, like the things that are deeper on the inside that need to be cooled. And so by constricting those blood vessels on the outside, you're actually Im impeding that. While just wetting them and having a fan, letting the convection just go, let, let the heat just dissipate. And keep wetting them down if you have to, too. Um, that actually causes more heat dissipation through all those dilated blood vessels in the skin. The heat from the core comes out more. So, oh, that makes perfect sense. Absolute perfect sense. Um, th thankfully, that was my one and only experience with a, an owner having done that. I have heard of people shoving ice in the mouth, and certainly, yeah, um, when they're in the process of heavily doing the crazy panting, like you said, uh, I would imagine ice cubes could very easily get lodged back there, um, or melts and go in the wrong pipe and cause pneumonia. I mean, aspiration pneumonia. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, offer them a drink if they're awake enough to drink. Perfect. You know, um, if they're not, then cool. We tried. Um, so basically, once your dog is soaking wet, you have a fan on them. You need to start going to a vet. And nothing sucks worse than having a soaking wet dog in your car. And I'm sorry, it sucks. But a dead dog sucks worse. So um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm Live sorry. Wet dog smell. It's OK. And you will be covered wet. You will be soaking wet. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck. Um Bring, you know, if you have a friend at home with you, you wet the dog with the dog in the car, have them grab a spare T-shirt you can change into once you carry the wet dog into the clinic. You know, it's going to suck. But um, aim, blast the AC, put the air, put the vents on the dog again, fan, cooling, convection, all that good stuff. And, of course, call your vet and let them know you're coming. Um, oftentimes, what I've had to do with these cases, I see a lot of pugs that get this. Because so we have so a lot of you pugs. actually see it quite a bit? Um, About one or two a year. Wow, that's remarkable. I, you know, it's, it's interesting. I thought it. I wonder in, if, in I wonder, the hotter state of Florida, but you know, but we have more humidity. But you have humidity too, though. We have crazy humidity. I think that yeah. we are just we experience heat a lot more. I wonder, and I wonder if maybe your populace is a little bit more ignorant of the threat because of the fact that you are a temperate climate. Well, yeah. right, and we, we, we're not hot all the time, right. you know, we're just, and it's all these brachycephalic breeds, these squishy faces, those are the ones that are the worst, I have found, in terms of cooling off, but um, what we'll do is we'll actually get uh, room temperature, not cold, but room temperature IV fluids going on them, um, I'll do a couple different IV antibiotics, reason being, when you have a dog who's really shocky, what happens is the intestines, which are normally full of very nice, very helpful bacteria, can actually start to disintegrate, and that bacteria can translocate or leak into the abdomen. And then you can have a dog who's 
developing what we call sepsis, which is fatal. So when my dog was passed out, I started the IV. I was giving him IV doses of ampicillin, metronidazole, just kind of trying to pump him. Um, my husband was praying the dog live because he knew he'd be next. Um, but and and it but and so Poor in guy. case you're like, why is my vet giving antibiotics to my dog when it's heat stroke? Well, there is a medical basis for it, and you're worried about that gastrointestinal tract not um, not remaining as intact as it should because everything's kind of disintegrating. So now if you're at home and your dog isn't really passed out, but they're just overheated and you wet them down, um, a lot of people don't know when to stop cooling. And soon they have a shivering dog. <laughs> and that's not fun either. Um, so the general recommendation is, again, with the thermometer you have, take the temperature. Once it gets down to 103, stop cooling. Because once you stop your cooling process, the dog is going to keep cooling regardless. <laughs> so if you wait until the dog's 100, you're going to have a dog who is a freaking popsicle. Okay, because, again, dogs run warmer than us. Up to 102.5 is considered normal. So if you stop at 103, they'll get down to about 102 on their own. Okay, dry them off. Don't set them back outside. But you can get rid of the fan, dry them off, you know, normal things like that. So um, I have more shivering dogs that people call me about. And they're like, I'm so sorry. So let's not overshoot our goal. Yeah, well, it's still better to be shivering than melting. Um, than dead, yeah. You know, most certainly. Um, the uh, so, so from veterinary side, I think we touched on some of this already. You had touched on uh, treating, but but. Uh, IV fluids, um, sometimes if, if they're not really too much north of, of 104, especially if cost is a concern, a good whopping dose of subcutaneous fluids can be pretty effective. Absolutely. Fluids under the skin. Um, totally agree with you on the antibiotics. Um, not only – so the dogs in heat stroke, not the heat stress ones, but the heat stroke ones, um, again, the, the small handful of cases that I've had covered with very comprehensive antibiotics, both IV and to go home for a good two weeks beyond mm -hmm. the event. Yeah. Um, and, and make sure, folks, you give every last pill, because your dog might look amazing a week later, but that sepsis might might, might be, as, as Dr. Karen discussed, might be just just be being kept at bay. That's a very serious multi-systemic infection that's blood-borne, and uh, you, you're playing with fire if you if you pull up on those antibiotics a little bit early. Um, as far as preventive measures, uh, oh, by the way, is that you got anything else for treatment-wise? Um, no, just when to stop was my key. Sure. And um, and of course, you know, simple things that they seize, you know, stop the seizure with medication, common sense stuff. But as far as people need to know, no, that's it. Wet, go to vet, change t-shirts. Fan. No <laughs> In ice. That order. No yes. ice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's talk about quickly preventive measures. I mean. Um, for the most part, some of these are just significantly common sense. Um, you know, here in Florida, as I, as I said to the teenager, hey, very early in the morning, in at dusk or in the evenings, much better off. Even at that point, though, the humidity here, especially here in Florida, not sure how it is in good old Illinois right now. I remember the humidity being unbearable there sometimes. Oh, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, going on ambulatory medicine, you might as well be like – in Florida, or the keys. Yeah. Are, actually, the keys are cooler. At least there's wind. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we have nothing. But uh, I would still limit the walks to 10 to 20 minutes and, and medium pace to brisk at most. I would certainly avoid running any dog um, in and Florida. And stay in the anywhere. shade if you can, too. Even if it's morning, still shade. There's a lot to be said for that. Yes, absolutely. How do you feel about shaving dogs like huskies in the summer? Oh, I don't. Okay. Um, tell, tell me Well, why. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't have a husky in Florida. There's your first problem. Okay, but, let, let, let's <laughs> you say know, you rescued a husky because it had no yeah, place to cause, go. Because you know how I am. Yeah, I know how you are. That could <laughs> so. very, that could very plausibly happen. Yeah, so you have a husky. You're not going to shave um, in Florida. Why? Well, so um, the the anti-shaving proponents uh, say that, and I actually am a believer of this too. So depending on the breed, now a husky is an extreme case, but let's say like a golden retriever who has a lot of hair, okay? Um, the way their different kinds of coats work, and huskies have this too, they have, well, huskies have like, I think, two undercoats. Well, huskies have like 20 undercoats, but, um, <laughs> you know. They, um, the they, they also have cool. that big, cor- the, the guard hairs are very yeah, the coarse. And so when you shave them, the undercoat never quite comes back. You just get those coarse guard hairs back, which is why a lot of shaved dogs, when the fur grows back, they maintain that kind of puppy look. Um, but the undercoat actually helps to ventilate next to the skin. And I saw this, I read this really great article in a veterinary magazine, and the pictures they had were just so, they're just drawings, nothing fancy, but they really uh, hit home with me about how the the non-shaven hairs actually create like this meshwork that traps the cool air next to the skin, where when they're shaved, that meshwork is gone, and you can actually have the dog be hotter because they don't have that cooling uh, network, again, keeping the cool hair next to the skin, and all just sifts off so um i have many clients who shave their dog i don't make fun of them too bad um there are some bad shave jobs i'm like i just can't be seen with you looking like that um you know how they are (laughs) but um i'm sure down in florida people probably shave a lot because it's hot and that's what they do um yeah so 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 was was this theoretical or was there like study behind it that it was actually studies i yeah. I, I wish i could find it i believe the pictures were so good i was yeah. like see and it was so simple it was like stick figures but it worked for me i need stick figures so <laughs> so my 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 rationale i'm a big shaver um and, and i'm a big proponent of cosmetic shaving so like you know have your a nice groomer do it that knows what she's doing so they could taper it up to the head and they don't look like this freakish animal um but i'm a big proponent of shaving and it's solely solely based on anecdotal evidence so case by case i've had my own pets um shaved so labrador retrievers shave ungodly amounts in the summer months and my wife gets tired of the tumbleweed, so she does it for functional reasons. And because she went to that step, which I was at first against, I'm like, you're completely shaving my lab. You're making him look like not it's a lab. That's so many levels. Because I'm yes. a Labrador guy, you know? It's like, this isn't a Labrador. Anyway, um, I became increasingly accepting of it. In fact, I actually, you know, if she's willing to take him down and, and do the shaving, I'm not going to do it myself or or get a groomer to do it i'm actually all for it because i do i have found that my dogs seem cooler um just you know less crazy pant more tolerance of the heat uh completely my own observation my clients have observed that their dogs are more comfortable from their own observation and so i'm just going on human observation and i have a lot of people who you know they they swear it helps a lot of people just do it because they don't want to deal with the fur and you know that's my wife that's fine i have some people who shave just uh, the belly, which is the cool part, where they want to lay on the cool floor. And I'm like, that's fine. That makes sense. You know, the contact of the cool floor, it's, you know, that's going to suck some heat out. So that's cool. Um, one note on shaving, probably not when you're doing it like you are, like the whole body, but um, more so like when it's shaved, like down to the skin, like for surgery. 
Oh, can dogs get sunburns? Let me tell you, yeah. I had a dog. I took a tumor. I, mean, I think I'm, I'm having a major deja vu right now. I might have told this story. Um, I took a tumor off of it, took stitches out, looks great. Big shaved area right in the back where the tumor was. Uh, I saw it a week later. They had gone boating, and the dog had second and third degree burns on its back oh, because boy. that skin. Third degree. Good lord. It was the <laughs> most. It was horrible. Wow. It was this bubbly. I mean, it even looked like skin. You know how it is. It yeah. was just like I've done that to I was myself. Like, <laughs> I was like, "Did you pour? Like, what happened to him? Did a chemical get poured on him? What the? You know?" Then I'm like, "Oh my god!" This so just be aware if you have a dog. Like I said, most people when they shave them, you still have some hair. You know, there's yeah. still a little bit there. Yeah. Um, but if it's like down to the skin, just use sunscreen or keep them inside or something. Yeah, <laughs> I brought up bad. that point. I've seen some bad sunburn cases, and we're in the sunshine state, and and that that I do see all the freaking time. Really? Um, yeah, these shaved down like um, Westies. You know, they're white to begin with, so mm, yeah. generally their skin has the same sort of pigmentation as their as their hair, and so you got these white skinned dogs that are shaved down. Um, I've seen Italian greyhounds love to burn. They have those thin oh, haircuts are not even so, shaved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, so, <clears throat> ironically, I don't see a ton of or very little heat stre- or heat stroke, heat stress. I see all the time, but heat stroke. But yeah, the burns, tons of them here. We're very cognizant of that. Um, but you know, I I don't. I'm not a proponent of taking this taking it down that close to the skin, because I mean you've seen the post-op razor burn, right? That some of the oh yeah, that is not cool. So that's not fun either. You know the razor burn and the irritation that they can get, and they get the little prickly, you know, itchiness as it grows back too. Um, Yeah. You ever see like the my post-op ACLs are licking their whole extremity like crazy because it's growing back and it's oh my god. Well, my dog just had an MRI last week and where his leg was shaved, I now have to have wrap because he's licked it, licked it, licked for his IV catheter. Um, and he's licked his catheter leg, and now he has a hot spot. And I'm like, really? Like this? This does not need to be this complicated. Right. But it is. Yeah. So yeah, no, it it itches and it's annoying, and so. Um, but yeah, but, but before we went on this huge tangent, we were talking about um, <laughs> we're so, we're so <laughs> five years ago. Um, yeah. Um, preventing heat stroke, overheating. <laughs> right. Yes. And a thought I had. And then I got on this tangent, you know me, um, was, and I'm sure this is a thing that your people down there are very aware of too, is walking on hot pavement. Oh, yeah, um, sure. You know, um, feel the pavement, especially black, black top, you know, black is going to absorb more. But we stay in the shade more because the pavement is cooler there than the, you know, um, than the actual shade temperature is nice too. But um, feel it. I mean, because, yes, dogs' paw pads are tougher than ours. And... You know, if it's you might be feeling it going. I wouldn't want to walk barefoot on this. Your dog will be. But if you're like feeling it going, wow, I don't want to. I can't even keep my hand on this. Then you need to be walking in grass or a shaded area. Yeah, yeah. Blacktop. You can cook eggs on some of them. You know, I mean, literally. And um, that's a really good point. Since we're on hot, uh, hot related tangents, that's a great tangent to bring up. Um, Watch the surface. Luckily, in Florida. In most places, we're not using blacktop. We use that. I don't even. I'm, I have no idea what it is, but it's lighter colored. Like mm-hmm. our, our roads are lighter colored. I don't know. It's what gray top. Gray top. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I, I won't even speculate there. But um, 
generally we're trying to avoid that because it, it can actually melt tires here, you know. So, oh, I believe it. Yeah. So we, we, we try to avoid that. But no, that's 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 a very good point. Um, trying to see if we have any other aspects of heat stress and heat stroke in dogs that we have uh, not covered. One other thing that I've found, this is again an anecdotal thing. Mm-hmm. So I have big dogs and little dogs and my wiener dog tends to get hotter when we're on pavement because his legs are little and his face is like right there. You know how pavement emits heat. Sure. And when you're shorter and you're little and your face is right there in the heat, uh, that is rough versus a tall dog who's up and out of the heat and their feet are on it, but they're not, you know, as much. So I found that when I'm walking my dogs, my little dogs, when the pavement's hotter, uh, it, it's not too hot to walk on, but it's, you know, it's warm. They really get hot faster. And I'm like, well, when you get down in their level, you, you can feel that crap just radiating off. And I'm like, well, God, it's like they're walking on a heater. It's got to be miserable. Yeah, so, I would agree with that. Size matters. It makes perfect sense to me. I mean, the 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 radiation of the heat coming off of that of off the ground can be atrocious. If you're closer to it, it only makes sense that it's gonna affect you more. And um, how do they cool? They pant, and so now they're panting and breathing all this hot air, which isn't helping, you know. And so it's kind of a vicious cycle. So anyway, just thought. No, it's a good point. That's a very good point. So, um, but if uh, anybody wants to check out the article, it's actually not on my blog. <laughs> it's uh, spacecoastliving.com in the August issue. It's a pet 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 awareness month or something like that. Um, and you have a meme, don't you? Yeah, I, I spread a meme around in um, June about it. I just because I'm like, it's an article. I just need a meme that people can just put all over Facebook and see. And it was what to do if your dog has heat stroke, and it's. What to do, what not to do. Just, I think it's like eight points or something. Just real brief. I had people who were like, "I'm just going to save this, so I've got it," you know. And, um, I hope and where you can people find it. that meme? Um, it's on my vet chick Facebook page. Um, so go to Facebook vet chick. Um, it's from June, so you might have to do some scrolling. But I've also been a big slacker and haven't been posting very much this summer because my life got kind of crazy. So um, yeah, it probably looks more recent than it should. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I've suffered from the same issue, um, but hey, look, we're we're uh, we're uh, let's see, two for two, two Mondays in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. So uh, congratulations. Hopefully, we can keep the streak alive. Yeah, we'll try. I'm gonna do a little I'm teaser good. for the next episode because uh, I'm not sure what our topic is. We kind <laughs> of picked them on the fly here, but I will tell oh, you that we we didn't get to it today. Uh, but uh, there, we actually had a, uh, a a listener email. Well, not an email. Uh, she she submitted a contact us uh, from uh, through through my blog, the WebDVM blog. Uh, an actual veterinarian commented and took the time to contact us. I, I it just really surprised me that you know an actual practicing veterinarian took not only listens to us but but took the time to comment. I found it extremely cool so yeah, uh, I like we're, to we're targeting it. like pet owners you know we're pet not owners, targeting vet techs pets. we have a lot of vet tech yeah, listeners absolutely but, but actual have an actual peer listen that's oh, pretty really neat i feel kind of sorry for him she must have no life <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like us <laughs> you're right so teaser for next week we'll probably we'll open with that um thank you all for listening and and keep your pets safe in the heat we're almost through it we only got Let's see, three more months here in Florida, <laughs> up there in Illinois. I'm not we have like one more month, and then we're out of the woods, so we're good. Yeah, 
we hit the bragging weather and and then you could start all of your snow you know related stuff yeah. that happened. I love your article Snow Reveal by the way. That was one of my oh. favorites. Cool. Another tangent. Good night yes. everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks guys. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.